He's becoming an election. Left or right? Left. Oh, and they're going to be doing some more programs. I'm in the background, you're hearing a sound collage created by Bob Fass. Bob Fass is my guest this week on the Pat Radio Show. For close to five decades, Bob Fass has hosted a late-night radio program on WBAI in New York City called Radio Unnameable. To many, he's considered the father of freeform radio and the midwife of the movement, that movement being the peace movement of the 1960s. Filmmakers Paul Loveless and Jessica Wolfson have documented Bob's career in a new film called Radio Unnameable, and both Bob and Jessica join me on Pat Radio this evening to talk about the film, which is showing next Thursday night, November 15th, right here in Columbus at the Wexner Center for the Arts. We'll get to our conversation with Bob and Jessica in the second half of the show. Uh, coming up, I've just got a set of music to play, and uh, I'll be talking to you a little bit later. No, he's working under his real name. You know, Barry Goldwater is alive in the White House? Uh, you're listening to him. He breaks you up, huh? Wait a minute, wait a minute. Something's terrible. Ba-da-da-da! 
moutarde, les confitures et les cornichons. La moutarde et le beurre, la mayonnaise et les cornichons. Le poulet, les biscottes, les autures et puis les cornichons.
Tiny Tim play? Oh, I'd like to play a little number I just play for my dear friend who's sitting here from the album, Mr. Alan DeLackner, and here's one that on the album, which I originally did in every club I went to. I've got to see a doctor, I've got to see a doctor, cause there's something wrong with me, what can it be? What can it be? I know it is an indigestion, it is an indigestion, it's just my poor old brain, it feels so queer, since you are near, dear, ever since you told me that you love me, I'm a nut, I'm a nut, ever since you said those words, sweetheart, I'm a bug, I'm a bug, can't sleep nights, can't even eat, something's wrong with both my feet, I bump into people on the street like a fool, like a fool, like an awful fool. Ever since you said you'd like to kiss me, I'm a nut, I'm a nut, darling. I'm as daffy as can be. Oh, can't you see? I lie awake all evening till the dawn begins to peep. The drugs gave me something, but I'm hanged if I can sleep. Ever since you told me that you love me. Oh. Look up in the sky. The birds are coming. 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 The it's so funny because I had that record, and I still do. There's no place in this world where I'll belong when I'm gone And I won't know the right from the wrong when I'm gone And you won't find me singing on this song when I'm gone So I guess I'll have to do it while I'm here And I won't feel the flowing of the time when I'm gone all the pleasures of love will not be mine when I'm gone My pen won't pour a lyric line when I'm gone So I guess I'll have to do it while I'm here And I won't breathe the bracing air when I'm gone And I can't even worry about my cares when I'm gone 
Won't be asked to do my share when I'm gone So I guess I'll have to do it while I'm here And I won't be running from the rain when I'm gone And I can't even suffer from the pain when I'm gone Can't say who's to praise and who's to blame when I'm gone So I guess I'll have to do it while I'm here Won't see the golden of the sun when I'm gone And the evenings and the mornings will be one when I'm gone Can't be singing louder than the guns while I'm gone So I guess I'll have to do it while I'm here All my days won't be dances of delight when I'm gone And the sands will be shifting from my sight when I'm gone Can't add my name into the fight while I'm gone So I guess I'll have to do it while I'm here And I won't be laughing at the lies when I'm gone And I can't question how or when or why when I'm gone Can't live proud enough to die when I'm gone So I guess I'll have to do it while I'm here There's no place in this world where I'll belong when I'm gone And I won't know the right from the wrong when I'm gone And you won't find me singing on this song when I'm gone So I guess I'll have to do it I guess I'll have to do it Guess I'll have to do it While I'm here Phil Oaks doing When I'm Gone from There But Fortune. Tiny Tim before that from uh, a archive of Radio Unnameable performing a song called Ever Since You Told Me That You Loved Me. Before Tiny Tim, Dan Deacon did USA 2, The Great American Desert from America. Numbers did We Like Having These Things from Numbers Life. Eraserata before that did Marathon from Other Animals. Migu, a record I can't get enough of these days called Choose the Light. We heard the song from Space. Mikachu in the Shapes before that did Vulture from Jewelry. Layla did Little Acorns from a release called Pop Ladies. And we started off that long set with Nino Ferreira and Clyde Borley doing Le Cornichon from Le Fifty Plus Belles Chansons. I hope I'm pronouncing that right because I never took French. Speaking of Tiny Tim and Phil Oaks, they were uh, regular guests on Bob Fass's program, Radio Unnameable, and uh, Radio Unnameable, the radio show and the film about the radio show are our focus uh, this part of, during this part of the program. And uh, Bob Fass and Jessica Wolfson join me both on the, uh, are both on the phone right now. Welcome to the show. 
Well, thank you, Mary. All right. Um, thank you very much. So, so Bob, I guess let's begin by uh, maybe explaining. You can explain a little bit what Radio Unnameable is, and uh, it was in the beginning. I mean, what uh, you you, uh, you explained when we talked before that uh, the program was your goal was to make it something other something different than anything else that was on the radio in 1963 in New York. Well, to whatever extent I could. I mean, I had to. I mean, I. I played music that was not commonly heard on the radio, and I had live music that was very rare. And uh, I took telephone calls without screening them, which was very rare. So, uh, um, you know, it, uh, and I, I talked to people who weren't usually considered to be worthy of note. Um, D.A. Levy, Ed Sanders of the Fugs, Tuli Kupferberg, Abby Hoffman, Bob Dylan. Uh, these uh, these were people who had um, really vast underground reputations, but they weren't really they weren't really part of the what was like the mainstream of the culture and. Um, David Amram, Jeremy Steig, uh, the Holy Motor Rounders, which uh, is how I happened to meet Paul and Jessica, who made the movie about my program. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Jessica, why don't you um, uh, tell us a little bit about the the impetus for making this film? Um, You mentioned uh, that it kind of grew out of uh, an earlier project. Yeah, um, uh, Paul had, uh, my co-director Paul Lovelace, had directed a previous documentary about the Holy Modal Rounders, a psychedelic New York folk group, and they were uh, regulars on Bob's show. So in the process of making the film, um, we learned about uh, Bob and heard about his incredible archive and his really unique show, and when Paul and I were looking for a project to do together, um, we, you know, thought this would make a really fantastic story, and we still think it does. And um, Paul was was mentioning uh, when we when we spoke last night uh, how important the sound of the film was. Um, I'm and since I've had a day to think about it, I want to ask: Did you did you build from the soundtrack up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, Bob has held on to almost every single recording that he's ever done in his career. And he's been on the air since the early 1960s, five nights a week for over 20 years. So you can imagine how much material there was to go through. And um, it was really incredible. It was really overwhelming and quite intimidating as well because we had hours, hundreds and thousands of hours to listen to. But we really wanted to make the film um, a very... Uh, unique story in terms of the fact that there are very few films about out there about radio because you know lis- or the you know the oral listening of radio is um, doesn't translate that much to, to the to a film uh, medium. So um, we went we spent a long time five years you know working on this project and a majority of that was going through the archive, organizing it, listening to it, transferring it to a digital format, and then picking and choosing some of the you know, best moments that we felt represented 
um, Bob in his career. That's awesome. I, I've had a chance to see the movie already, and I, and I enjoyed it very much. And um, thank you, thank and, you. I think it's a tribute to Paul and Jessica's uh, understanding of that era. Although it seems to be more, with fifty years is more than an era, isn't it? <laughs> Yet, yeah, speaking of you know the images and everything, we mentioned about every time you see a movie about the '60s, you see the same things over and over, and. And uh, you, you not only had access to Bob's audio, but also um, uh, photographs and, and um, film uh, that was either shot by him or other folks, too. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we didn't want to make a film that had the same imagery that you end up seeing when you see a film about the 60s or 70s. You know, there was, you know, kind of a handful of material that people go to. We wanted to be more creative than that. So uh, we, put out, we put out calls to filmmakers to photographers, to amateurs, professionals, um, people who had been to the events that Bob had organized, who had been up on Bob's program and spent, you know, had taken photographs or shot video. And um, we were able to collect a really amazing amount of material to then be able to use. And Bob himself has held on to an incredible visual archive as well as his audio archive of photographs and slides and video and film and just ephemera from the day. And the idea was that when you're sitting alone in your room in the dark, at, you know, in the middle of the night, listening to Bob Fass's show, what are the images that are going through your head? We wanted to create that visceral experience of listening to a radio using the visuals. Yeah, I think, I think it's, you did an awesome job of that. And it, it really is... I remember uh, one of the one of the women uh, interviewed for the film talked about how, um, you know, Bob is just in her head for a few hours every night as she listens to the show, and um, Bob. Up to her, she's a Verizon line woman. She she repairs uh, phone lines, so she's out there uh, doing stuff like that now. I think her name is Birdie. Hmm. So when you when you knew you had a tw- the hours of of twelve to five thirty to fill uh, when you were first starting the show, um, did did you have a, a a vision of the listener in your head? Did you did you think this was going to be a person who was uh, either working the night shift or suffering from insomnia or you know did you have any kind of uh, target well, in mind? I, I, I had been an actor, and I knew that my friends who acted with me in plays were done work at uh, 10 o'clock or so and not ready to go to bed. They wanted to, you know, uh, listen to something, catch up on what was happening in the world. Um, and, you know, have a few laughs, talk to other people, find out what their life was like. And uh, maybe I programmed a bit for them. Um I know students stay up late at night. People, I worked at night in the factory myself, so I know that there is a whole world out there, in, at least in some cities. I don't know about uh, Columbus, but in, in uh, the former capital uh, before the flood of uh, New York City, um, there, there were a lot of people who worked at night. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many bagel shops, which are always like a step 
downstairs uh, in different parts of the city were fl- were flooded out. Mm. Are you are any any news yet on uh, WBAI, or are you able to uh, uh, get back in there this week? Well, so far as I know, the water rose to the second floor in our building, which was built. Uh, on on the corner of land that was reclaimed from the Hudson River. So the river took it back, and it took back the first and second floor of the basement where all of the uh, uh, electrical connections were, uh, and that might be a while before we're back on the air. The studios weren't damaged by the water at all, but the uh, connections out of the building were. One of the goals, I guess, of the film is to find a uh, permanent home for Bob's archives. There's there's a uh, segment in the film where uh, volunteers are, are seen uh, coming over to your home and, and boxing up and organizing um, the hundreds of tapes. Um, how is that effort going uh, to find a uh, permanent place for your archives? Well, at at the moment, uh, there are some interested uh, uh, there are some uh, places that are interested in acquiring it. There's a a warehouse where it's being stored in Maryland, uh, air conditioned warehouse that, uh, uh, and the insurance on it is being paid by a, a university. So maybe there. They're interested in acquiring it, and we can come to some sort of an arrangement. So, uh, I am very optimistic about the preservation of that archive. That's good news. All right, um, I guess Bob, I you know I'm I'm deeply involved with community radio here in Columbus, and I've been doing it for maybe uh, five or six years now, as opposed to uh, close to fifty. Any advice you have for a fledgling uh, community volunteer-based radio station such as ours? Listen to your audience. Mm. Pay attention to what your audience is, you know, likes and wants. Try to go where they are and and uh, and bring them in. there are, there are so many different kinds of communities out there, though. Uh, I mean, there are communities of, of artists, there are communities of astronomers, there are communities of filmmakers, and uh, they all, uh, you know, uh, will benefit by being introduced to other members of their community. And you, you can be that. You can be a bridge. All right. Well, uh, thank you both for uh, taking time to talk to me this evening. Um, the uh, reminder, once again, the film is showing uh, next Thursday night, uh, November 15th at the Wexner Center. And I have a pair of tickets to give away uh, to the first person who can email me at patradio, all one word, P-A-T-R-A-D-I-O, at gmail.com. Uh, and you and a friend can go see the movie. Paul Loveless will also be in town uh, in for the showing and we'll be doing a Q&A as part of the presentation so um, like I said it's a great movie and the, the chance to talk to Paul uh, is something you surely don't want to miss make sure you make it on down to the Wexner Center next Thursday night and Jessica and Bob thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to 
the folks at WCRS. Well, thanks Thank very you. much for having us, Jessica. Thanks very much for your understanding of what that whole era was. Well, and, uh, thank you, Pat, and thank you, Bob, for teaching us so much. Yes. <laughs> We're going to wind up the show with Spaceman 3, a song that comes at the end of the, the movie called Big City, Everybody I Know Can Be Found Here. And it's uh, I was really touched by the song. I think it fit perfectly at the end of the movie, so I thought I'd fit it perfectly at the end of my radio show for this week. And uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Big City.